coming up on this episode, we're covering everything from WWDC 2022. From iOS 16 and macOS Ventura to new MacBooks and the future of the car, we leave no apple shape stoned unturned, so stick around. It starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 341, recorded June 6th, 2022. Colby Mouth Sounds. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and whatever Apple talked about today. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who are trying to figure out if they can put iOS 16 on their iPod videos. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan uh, Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. How's it going? Good it's great. Evening. It's good to have the gang back. It's good to be here. Our, our uh, I, I won't uh, hide what we're covering tonight. It's our ninth WWDC of... Don't panic if you can believe it. It's going all the way back to iOS 7. That Which those numbers one. don't add up for some reason. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up with that? Did they like skip some? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh iOS version history. Because it was it was t- June of 2013 was the first ever episode, and we talked about the announcement of iOS 7. I know those two are both facts. Wait, what iOS uh, are we on now? 13? Now we're on 16, right? Well, 16 they announced. We're on 15, but I'm saying we right, talked about so the announcement seven of 7. 7 plus 9 is 16. We in, we started when they announced 7. Oh, and you're so good at math, been... Dan. Oh, you're so good at math. <laughs> I For some reason, I thought that was like, oh, that's like, that's 10 versions of iOS. And I'm like, what? No, that's... <laughs> okay, good. Well, thank, thank you for doing the math. Normally, I'm not that good at math, so I'm actually pretty proud of myself. <laughs> you're doing good tonight. Excellent. Um, What's up with you, gentlemen? I just, well, not just. Before, since we last spoke, I got back from a very exciting uh, Memorial Day trip. Uh, and we we rented a place to this website called Wander. Wander is basically like, what if it was Airbnb, but you give us a lot more money, and in exchange, you can guarantee to work remotely from this place, no problems. We'll give you, you got it. There are like multiple desks. Each desk has a giant ass monitor. Each desk has a microphone. Each desk has like the USB-C thing you can plug in. And it has a mouse. It has a keyboard. Um, And also the houses are like extremely luxurious and not just like, you know, someone's two bedroom cabin on the coast of Maine. (laughs) They only have eight houses. Yeah, that's it. Um. It's very expensive. That's how that's how they keep the the uh, this is the availabilities wild. out up. Oh my um, god! But one the most interesting technological thing they do is that it's also a smart home. Um, and at the place we stayed in, this was very relevant because all the windows were glass. Um, and that doesn't that sounds pretty cool. Except when you think about like, well, what if I didn't want to? Oh, also up here in the Pacific Northwest, the sun rises now at like. 5 15 a.m like not just a little bit like a lot at that point so if you want to sleep past 5 a.m you need to put the blinds up but if your all of your walls are glass there's a lot of blinds so actually and also you can't reach them <laughs> so the smart home is very clutch to just lower all of the blinds in, in one sh- in one shot uh, but they just you have to do it through their app so they have some like they're using Samsung, um, whatever. What is it called? Smart Things, something like that. 
the mm-hmm. Samsung smart home thing. And their app looks exactly like the iOS home app. They, they have a, an iPad on like the kitchen counter that's hooked up to this thing. And I was like, oh, they hooked the home app. Like, is this all using HomeKit? And they look closer. I was like, no, not quite, but basically exactly the same. So that was weird. Um, but unfortunately, the smart home did not work 100% of the time. Uh, and it was very frustrating for some of the things like they had the Lutron lights and, you know, you can just go up to the light switch and like click and, and then, Oh, by the way, I finally realized I was like, why do all these smart home lights not have switches? Like why, why can't I get a smart home light? That's just a normal switch. And I I don't, I'm an idiot because then if you turn the smart home off, you know, the, the light off via your smartphone, the switch would be on, but the lights would be off. Um, so anyways, that's why they're all digital switches. But you can go up to one of those Lutron things and click it. But you could not do that with the blinds. As far as I could tell, there was no way to control the blinds unless the app was working. So every night it was like, is the, you know, roll the dice, is the Wander app going to work? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Is the iPad hooked up directly to the Samsung thing on the kitchen counter, is that going to work? Usually that did, occasionally it didn't. And if it didn't, you had to like restart it. But it was in one of those like, kiosk metal boxes and you had to I actually never had to restart it but Lita f- was informed through their actually really good customer service that there was some crazy method by which you could restart the tablet and then that always got the blinds to open and close um but that's not even the craziest thing to happen that was that was the tech angle uh when we booked this place it said almost as like a bragging point hey uh did you know that this house you know alongside the features like it comes with a tesla and and the smart home, and then it was like built to withstand 100 mile per hour winds. And I was like, that's a weird thing to just put. I guess it's good that it's built to withstand high winds because it's all made out of glass. So if it weren't and there were high winds, that would be pretty catastrophic. Um, and then we woke up Saturday morning, like pretty early, and the it was cacophonous. It was like it was like you were like. Like in the movies when they the pirates are playing the dice and they're they're like rolling the dice in the cup, it was like everything was knocked around. The the windows were squeaking. <laughs> uh, I had never heard a window squeak before. And if you held your face up to the window, so you were looking at it almost in profile, it was it was waving like like a uh, like you're blowing on a piece of paper. It's like it was like fluttering. The, the glass was fluttering. Um. So Saturday. I was like, well, I can't go outside because it's like, it is storming. Um, I guess I'll try to do some work, but I couldn't do work near the desk because the desks were right next to the windows. I mean, I could have. I was just like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what if I would not want to be standing here when one of these windows decides that it's like, that this is it. It just gives up the ghost. And today was its its final day being glass. Uh, but nothing broke, though we thought it would have been nice if maybe it did, because then we probably could have gotten a full refund. But nothing broke. It could withstand these high winds. Um, and the rest of the trip was a lot of fun. So that was my my Memorial Day experience. Nice. Oh, Which my God. You Damn, this is some, some fancy stuff. We did Port Orford, which is, fun fact, the third most western point in the United States. Hmm. A continental United States, which is why it was so, so windy. <laughs> oh, that's very yeah. cool. I'm, I'm very jealous. It was a lot of fun. 
Although I also saw the price tag and said, oh, yeah, yeah, that is, you know, at least at the time they had even fewer when I booked this. That was the cheapest one, which is not saying much, (laughs) (laughs) but it looks like you're you're getting a pretty good experience. you You get what you pay for. Yeah, I think it makes a lot more sense if you needed if you would otherwise need to rent a car, especially now when car rental prices are so insanely expensive. Hmm. Uh, But we did not need to. So it was a little bit. It was a little bit much, but I, I like the idea. I think that, and I've started to see Airbnb posts doing this now, posting your your fast.com internet test as one of your the photos of your of your house. Like these things really matter. Yeah, I think I think if I rented one of these, I think I think the car is overkill because if I paid this much, I would never leave the place. <laughs> I think I think it's the only way to get my money's worth is to never leave. Well, that was a good thing about the storm. We couldn't leave, so we got to enjoy all day Saturday. It's a good good spot to be. Well, that's good, Dan. Well, See, we're it, very... it, only the innermost parts of the house because we didn't want to stand too close to the windows. Well, we're very glad to have you back, Dan. We're glad you survived the uh, on the west coast. Was it a, a typhoon, uh, monsoon, whatever, whatever was? I think it's actually. Deep. So here's another fun fact I learned. Did you know that? If you hear the phrase, well, here's a question. If you hear the phrase Pineapple Express, what do you think of? Of course, I think of the hilarious uh, James Franco, uh, 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 Seth Rogen film, Pineapple Express. Yes. Subsequently, marijuana. Apparently, that is like some sort of weed joke. But then the weed joke is named after this Pacific Northwest weather phenomenon, which nowadays I think they call an atmospheric river. If you listen to to the weather channel and you hear them talk about atmospheric rivers the one that sometimes hits the pacific northwest is called the pineapple express and that is what has been happening here for like the last eight months or probably i think longer it's been happening for years i think i think it started happening last year and they're like well there's no way it'll happen again this year because it like i think that was the second year in a row and there's never been a third year in a row and now surprise there's a third year in a row of record rainfall um, and that's why also there is a record drought in California because it's not the hose is not getting pointed in the right direction. You're stealing all the um, pineapples. Yeah, we don't need any more. We do not need any more. Wow. Uh, yeah. In June, I think there's on average in June in Seattle, there's like an inch and a half of rain. Uh, we are going to pass that on Thursday. This month. Wow. It'll be June 9th. Well, Dan, I'll I'll tell you where it wasn't rainy. Cupertino today. That's right. It looked very sunny. A beautiful day for the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference. (laughs) As the grass continues to dry out more and more. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, they're they're using a lot of CGI in those videos. Uh, (laughs) Let's be honest, the hellscape that is uh, California. No, uh, Apple announced a whole bunch of fun new software and hardware things. And guys, are you excited to talk about it? I actually am kind of excited. I'm not as excited as you are. Yeah. As who? Me? I just thought everything yeah, was you, cool. You all sounded more excited than I was. I I would say I'm pretty high on this WWDC, especially compared to past ones, because I do feel like what they announced is... I feel like every time there's an Apple software announcement, 80% of it is stuff I will never, ever, ever use. 
And this year it felt more like 50-50 or even better. Like it felt like legitimately useful stuff. That's what was exciting to me. Now I am not going to use all of it, but the stuff I am going to use, it's there was a lot of like, finally, or that's a good idea type of stuff. Well, I uh, I went and rewatched the entire event and wrote down every single thing they announced. It took uh, both sides of six cards. I wasn't going to let the live vlog. I did it myself. And by the way, these are just like like the bullet points. This isn't even the detail. Wow. So are, do you guys, it was a two-hour event. You think we could do it in less than two hours? Well, we have about 40 minutes. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go. iOS 16, starting with personalization and the lock screen. Uh, actually, I'm going to share for people watching at home. I'm going to share my screen here with some visuals and to refresh Colby and Dan in case they forgot since earlier today. Um the oh shoot you know what i should have done it that way i should share the tab and not the screen because for some reason that does not work um and so ios 16 lock screen customization uh you'll be able to play with fonts styles colors your favorite photos and the addition of widgets as well on the lock screen for quick glance at data you can create multiple lock screens which are easy to switch between um, including some suggested photo and theme collections for inspiration. They also talked about the addition of uh, notifications, uh, which you now have flexibility in how they're displayed starting at the bottom and working their way up, either stacked or hidden. Uh, live activities, which is a new type of notification that updates in real time, like a sports score, or the status of your food delivery, uh, as well as um, focus-specific new home pages. Unlock screens. I think the the time stuff is like just the different fonts and way that they display time. That's the real attention grabber for me. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned at how it's going to look if I don't have a gorgeously shot profile photo of a good looking person. What's your current lock screen photo? I have uh, a big Charles the cat, but I feel like he's a little too big in the screen. I don't uh, know. But Oh, I wonder if it can do pet detection and the time can come peeking up behind his little head. That That's what I'm hoping. I hope that would be cool. I mean, they do show examples of just like normal wallpapers, just not doing that sort of layering <laughs> thing. So I think it's cool either way. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah, for... I'm excited for this. Nice. I'm excited for the uh, the focus mode changing changing of the lock screen i use that because you can do that with your home screen now you can you can you can attach like a particular page of your home screen to your focus mode which i like but i want to keep it going and also have the whole thing be different it's gonna be dope yeah it's pretty cool i think the widgets are kind of slick because they're not like aggressive widgets they're kind of you know, a little more subtle, so they're not in your face. And the fact that it's only one row you can kind of customize and you can't go crazy. I kind of like that. Um, and I, I like um, one thing they announced was uh, I forget the name of the feature, but it'll actually you can set a gallery of photos for your lock screen. It'll cycle between them throughout the day, which I think is cool. Um, and I love the um, the live activities. Um, I, I would absolutely love for stuff to be pinned and updated in real time. Um, I think that just makes so much sense, and I'm glad they did that. 
Dan, Dan, are you smiling at the cat behind me, Dan? Oh, no, I was just thinking oh. to myself, the only time I would be interested in that, unless there's something I'm not thinking of, would be if it could somehow support Super Smash Bros. tournaments, which I guess it could, but I just don't think anyone <laughs> would do that. And it doesn't really make sense because it's not like one game, right? Like it's a series of, of many games, but I guess it could. That would be cool. Maybe you could do it, Dan. Be the change. Uh, maybe I could. They got a lot of APIs I hear. So That's true. Now's Blame the time. Myself some Swift UI. Get Swifty. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun to play around with when that comes out. Uh, including the introduction of Widget Kit. So you can design all kinds of fancy new widgets here. We talked about the stack notifications. We talked about live activities. I'm just going through my list. Focus. Uh, okay. You can also, uh, there is now a focus API that can be integrated into apps to allow content to be filtered based on your focus status. So anyone can now see that Colby's focus statuses work and can adjust accordingly based on how they set it up. I do not use focus. Colby, it sounds like you're a focus user. Yeah, I use it. I have a work one, basically. That's it. I guess what I have changes a sleep on your phone too? for work? Because <laughs> there's a very fun delay with Colby today that I'm enjoying very much. We we may uh, if Colby maybe wants to leave and come back, and we'll see if that sinks him back I, up. I thought about doing that, and I wasn't sure if it would break the uh, like will it break everything? All right. Theoretically, oh. no. I'll leave and come back. All right. BRB. Goodbye. Get rid of this guy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, that was I very love fun. the crunching. The crunching afterwards. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I gotta really find out. That sounded delicious. <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe the the bones of his enemies. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Anything's possible. Um, Let's see. Let's. Uh, we're waiting for him to come back. Let's continue on here. Uh, next in uh, sequential order is messages. A lot of big updates in messages, including, uh, as Apple describes it, three of their most requested features. One, the ability to edit a message uh, after it's been sent. Um, there's also the ability to unsend a message, as well as marking a message as unread. Uh, these are probably some of my favorite features of today's announcement especially marking it as unread because that's the only way I remember to contact people when I don't do it right away. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, uh, I would probably use the mark as unread thing. I haven't personally felt the need to use any of these other ones, but I guess it's only a matter of time before, uh, before I need to edit a message or unsend one. It's, it's a good feature to have when you need it. I feel uh, like, uh, what, what, what about you, Colby? Well, I was going to say, also, how's my delay? Do you seem off? Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. I, I think we're in sync. What were, what, what were uh, you munching on? Dan and I want to know. It was just an ice cube. Oh, I, all right. Dan was right. Dan called it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, know all the Colby mouth sounds. <laughs> We've been doing this a lot. Colby Mouth Sounds is the name of the episode for sure. We should have a uh, um, a Sean Jennings style uh, quiz someday that's about like host mouth <laughs> or the don't panic host mouth sounds. Oh yeah, it's like you ever see the people who play like the uh, the game where they 
they crop a frame from a movie to a really small like section of it and then they expand it and expand it and like whoever guesses it first wins that but for sound so it'll be like just one tenth of a second of a clip from a don't panic episode and then slowly move it out and the first person to guess who said oh. it and what they were eating or who, <laughs> what is definitely what Sean they were sneezing. Or you got it. They were eating on air. Yeah. Right. Which WWDC was that uh, mouth sound from? Yeah. We got to start eating more food on the show then, if that's the case. I'm not complaining. Nice. Uh, Colby, are you planning to unsend a lot of messages? I don't think I'll unsend any messages, but I, I definitely will edit messages. Like, I do that all the time where I send fully the wrong, th- you know, like like some some weird autocorrect uh, message. And it's just not not what I meant to say. And then I have to, you know, I do the same thing where I do like asterisk, like what I actually meant to say, which is a technique I've been using since like AIM in like middle school. But now we won't have to do that anymore with people who That's a good point. I, I do that as well. Yeah. Now, do you think it's... Yeah, gonna... can you explain... Oh. I was going to say, do you think it's going to show, like, if I send Sean a message and then mischievously edit it to say something else, do you think it'll show, Sean, that I edited the message? The, they, had a, they had a demo, yeah, it said uh, edited. I see. And it and it will say uh, a, a message was unsent as well. It won't say what it was, but it will say message was unsent or recalled. I, I don't remember what it said. Nice. No secrets in iOS land. Dan, what were you going to ask? I was just going to ask if you can explain to me how the share play thing is different. So you can just start a share play without having a FaceTime. Is that exactly? Exactly. Okay. So it's it's just sort of starting up the screen share, the content share, just outside of. Has anyone here used SharePlay yet? I haven't. No, no. But actually, I think it's more useful outside of. Like I, I want, and I think they introduced another API. I could be mistaken, but to be in literally any app and just be like, I want to share this with somebody while I'm in real time while I'm looking at it. Um, that to me is more valuable than I'm already in a call. And being like, oh, let's pull up a YouTube video or whatever. Like that, that's, I think, having it in more places is, is always better. And obviously a big part of a lot of the collaboration features I'm going to save when we get to iPad OS later, but um, a ton of collaboration stuff in today's announcement. Finally, Apple uh, releasing all the things that they realized they needed to work on once COVID happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. You're not wrong. Uh Let's talk about some of the intelligence stuff they announced, uh, starting with, uh, see, these are out of order of the actual announcement, so I'm confused, but dictation. um, You can now use dictation and the keyboard together. Uh, You can type with the keyboard, tap in the text field, move the cursor. You can edit, you know, highlight something and write over it with your voice. Just a lot more dictation integration. It's also smarter dictation. You can talk and say emoji. It'll put it in there. There's also automatic punctuation for long paragraphs. They'll guess where you want uh, to put in your punctuation. Um, That is dictation. Punctuation is cool. I agree. And I think it's it's one of those things where I'm like, I can't believe 
when you see it done this way, you're like, why would you ever shut off the keyboard when I'm doing dictation? <laughs> like, like that's such a, it's a bad interface in retrospect. I'm like, oh, duh. Makes sense. Um, some intelligence features, as they called it, live text, which you know where you can highlight words out of pictures and images. You can now do it out of a video. A pause a video on any frame that contains text, and you can copy, translate, look it up, share, and more. Um, there's also live text quick actions. So if it knows it's a phone number or a currency or a different language, it'll automatically suggest what you should do with it. Um, they also announced the ability to lift a subject from the background. Basically, what that means is if you have a photo, in the same way you can lift text out, you can now lift a key subject from the image and isolate it automatically in photos in a screenshot, quick look safari. And more, their example is pulling a dog out of this picture of a dog. That's pretty cool. It's insane. I, how, how do they do that? <laughs> I mean, this, you know, I'm not like wowed often, but like in terms of technology, it's like, that's like, it used to take me an hour to do that in Photoshop on my PC. Like, and you can just click and it does it. Like, I'm not wowed easily, but between the video and the taking the, non-text things out of the picture i'm like that that i don't understand it that is something you used to have to spend time on wasn't it the screenshot next to it with the uh like copying like code out of a out of a youtube video or something is kind of wild kind of wild absolutely i'm very curious what the lift subject feature how far you can push that i'm going to try and lift everything out of my pictures i'm very and then i'm gonna because i took the example where you could drag the dog out of the picture and like i'm gonna send you guys so many things from inside of my photos i'm very excited <laughs> um all right what else let's keep going um to apple pay and wallet uh, we got some new features here uh, in no particular order. Apple Pay Later. You can now split the cost of your Apple Pay purchase into four payments over six weeks with no interest or fees. Apple handles all the technology. So essentially the way it works is they pay the vendor in full and then they just charge. So Apple is really doing all of the work. The vendor never even sees necessarily that it's spread over four payments. They're just acting as the middleman and you get charged Four separate times, all within Apple Pay. You can track all your upcoming payments. You can pay them off early if you want. Um, it's essentially just spreading out expensive purchases. Uh, also, the ability to track orders. Uh, you can now uh, Vendors can now integrate when you buy with Apple Pay. It'll attach it to your order, and you'll be able to view receipts and track um, shipments and things like that directly in Apple Pay in a single location. Uh, we got... Um, the uh, Arizona now has ID sharing. Pretty cool. Um, you'll be able to use your ID in Apple and share it with certain apps, but do it in a secure way where you're only sharing necessary information and it's authenticated by Apple. Also, the ability to share keys securely. So now you can message somebody in message mail or WhatsApp uh, a key, a, a secure key, like to a front door, to a hotel room or to a car. Um, you can decide when and where the keys can be used, and you can revoke them at any time, all handled within iOS. The the pay later thing is, I don't know, seems weird. It, 
I will I, say the the pay later industry, the buy it's called it's literally called buy now pay later is like the name of the type of business. They're exploding right now. You see a firm is one, you see them on all these websites, pay with this. They're exploding. And to be honest, my stance on this is like if Apple wants to come in and do it with no interest or fees because they're a gazillion dollar company and they don't care to make money off this and put out all the companies that make a bunch of money on interest, am I really gonna complain? Like that's fair. Yeah, I I forgot about that aspect of it. So without interest or fees, there's no way that Apple can make money on this? Um, No, if anything, I would think they would lose money because they've got to pay the vendor, whoever you bought it from, right away in full. Mm-hmm. And they're spreading out your payments. So technically, they're outlaying the money up front with the assumption that you're going to pay it off. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, like I said, they could make money, but are they? No, I think, again, it's just all about getting higher they make money on the credit card fees or whatever, you know, so whether you pay now or you pay later, they still, so any time they get more purchases through Apple pie, they make more money. Hmm. And I think that's why, because it's also interesting to me that it's four payments. Like that's how Apple pay later works. So it's four payments over six weeks, every time there's no flexibility. And that tells me they did some kind of math that said, we can't let them pick their number of weeks or let them pick their number of payments because that might screw us. So I think this is a very careful way of doing it. Do the other ones, like, does Affirm, they charge interest on whatever the thing is? Um, I, I can't speak for each individual service. I know in general, sometimes it's no interest. But what happens is if you miss a payment, the interest is jacks way up. That's where they'll get you. Right. Or it'll be at a low interest where or a fee. There might be a small fee up front with no interest. Different mm-hmm. services do it different ways, but they... They they make money even with no interest plans. They they wait for someone to fall out and then it goes to like a thirty percent interest on the remaining payments. Right, it's a trap. It's all a trap. Kind of. Anything with debt is a trap. Uh, so I, I'm not. I don't know if we should trust Apple, but I guess I'll trust them a little bit more. Seems pretty straightforward. I'm very excited for order tracking. Like I I never pay with Apple Pay that much. I really don't. But if if they said, okay, from now on, Sean, when you buy anything, if you use Apple Pay, it also one-stop shop tracks all your orders and you get like notifications in the OS without having to think about it, I would absolutely use Apple Pay more for that. It just question is I don't know how well integrated it'll be. Yeah. I like Apple Pay. I just don't like, I don't usually use Safari day to day. And so every time... I always, when I'm buying something online, I always have to remember, like, oh, I have to go to the other browser, re-add everything to my. Computer. I always go. I always open up Safari though for that exact reason because it's so much easier. Like, especially when I'm looking at, like, oh, I'm buying this towel from this random website. Is this a Shopify website? And I'm like, there's a good chance that they're probably not rolling their own website, and it's a good chance that if it's Shopify or whatever, it has Apple Pay support. And it's going to be way easier than making an account and entering all this information. So I I go through that pain just to get the benefit. Uh, You you know, I've owned my Mac laptop now for two years. I've never made an Apple Pay purchase on it. Not (laughs) one. I may have to take the Safari challenge. We're going to talk about Safari in a moment. I really, one of these days, should just full-on switch to Safari and see what happens. Because I don't think there's any reason I can't that I can think. Although, I actually, I think Riverside only works in Chrome. Yes. So other than this show, (laughs) um, I would love to try because I do wonder if I would enjoy it more.
I just have the the uh, studio like permanently pinned in Chrome on this computer. I just pop it open. And oh, that's a good one. Podcast. Yeah. That's a, why didn't I think of that? Son of a bitch. Um, so uh, let's continue on here. Maps. Uh, a couple new features to map. Multi-stop routing. You can add multiple routes up to 15 stops, and then you can also save them. You know, create them on your Mac, send them to your phone, all that good stuff. Um, they added uh, new transit cards to Wallet, where it'll, uh, you can check your low balance, replenish the cards, see the total cost of your trips, all without leaving maps. Um, and they added a new Look Around API, so third-party apps can integrate with Look Around, which is their version of Street View. Apple Maps is pretty good now. I'm really liking Apple Maps. It gets better every time I use it, and Google Maps stays exactly the same. And I'm not <laughs> saying that's a bad thing, but I'm also saying there hasn't been any innovation in Google Maps in forever. You know what? I actually think Google Maps has gotten worse. Let me let me see if I can elucidate uh, this. Love it. You open it up, and like, there's a big part of the screen. Like, look at this. See this like pull down menu on the bottom. It's like, what is that? And you pull it up. It's like, oh, the Look at all these places in your neighborhood. It's like, I mean, <laughs> maybe sometimes I there are situations where that would be a useful thing to have if I'm going to a new place. But I have to imagine that most people using Google Maps, they are they want to go somewhere. That's why they have the map open or they want to look at where something is. They're not like browsing Google Maps. You open it for a purpose. Right. Um, and so I actually think it's gotten worse. And then you. Yeah. Like and then all these buttons on the top. I'm never going to press any of those buttons. I am it's not going to use Google Maps to find the restaurant I'm going to eat at to like determine which restaurant I'm going to eat at. I will use Google Maps to f- figure out how to get to the restaurant that I decided I'm going to eat at. Agreed. And the weather. Why is the weather here? <laughs> Apple Maps has this problem too. Who cares? Like, Actually, well, yeah. Dan, get get used to it. There's now a weather API for apps to integrate weather from the OS. So more weather and more places. <laughs> bad Safari. Bad, bad Apple weather. Siri always knows. What it's <laughs> Remember when Apple bought Dark Sky and then it shut it down and we were all sad? Yes. Oh. Well, you Bummer. can get the uh, Dark Sky functionality out of the weather app now. You can have it send you rain notifications and stuff. And it works okay. And, we're, and there is a, a new lock screen themed to the weather. Where it'll yeah, rain that, on, your, cool. on your lock screen. Um, although I feel like if you live in a place where the weather is very consistent, I think it'll get boring. But what do I know? Um, let's talk about photos. Namely, shared photo libraries. It's the eighth time I think Apple has tried sharing photos. Uh, and maybe they'll get it this time with share photo library. Uh bunch of different ways to share um mainly uh smart ways to share uh and so it'll automatically do some sharing first of all there's a little button at the top of your camera uh, app where you can automatically select for your photos to go into shared libraries or into your personal collection if you choose shared libraries uh, it'll generate smart ways to share based on perhaps the start date or the people in the photos um, once the library is set up, you can share photos uh, automatically based maybe people are nearby or smart suggestions in the For You tab. Whenever anyone edits or changes a photo, it syncs everywhere. Everyone has equal permissions for adding, editing, and deleting photos. Um, 
in these new uh so the idea might be if you're on vacation with a group of people you might have a shared album that photos automatically log into whenever you're um in a certain location or have certain people in the photos well this is different than a shared album right yes this is uh, it's a different functionality yes so you can do that today. You can make a shared album and invite people to it and everyone can add photos to it. What this is saying, I am like, like if we, we could, we could create an iCloud family and then we would have an additional, we have our iCloud photo libraries and then there would be the don't panic iCloud photo library and you could move between them and from the camera app, I guess, select while you're taking the photo, which one it's going to get sent to. Yeah. So we could say every time the, the three of us are in a photo together, automatically put it in the don't panic library. That's what I'm curious about is like, how, how exactly can those rules be structured and stuff? Cause like, why, why do you need to have a library to do that? Why couldn't you also do that with albums? Cause it's automatic. I think I think automatic. that's really the only difference is it's auto, as far as I understand it's automated with all these rules and it has the equal access rule because I believe now if I create an album and share it with you guys I have the ability to do things in the album you can't because mm. I created it. Mm -hmm. This has equal access for everyone so if Dan wants to crop a photo or Colby wants to delete a photo we all have equal access to as far as I understand it those are really the two big differences. Got it. So this this is, I think, a, a real family type feature, right? Every you and your wife and the kids and whatever, making sure all the photos are on all the devices. And it's really to me, it's more of a Dropbox for photos than it is a, an album, right? You're just sort of dumping a bunch of stuff in there based on certain rules. So certainly interesting. Um, let's see. Going through more here. Um, are we at we're not at Paskies yet. No, so we're going to keep going. Uh, all right, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, I don't see in here, but they added uh, the news app now has sports. Uh, nobody cared. Um, family sharing. There's now parental control quick setup, and uh, kids can request things like extra screen time directly in messages without parents having to go into the app settings themselves. Okay. Um, they added the personal safety checklist. Um, from uh, various uh, violence and abuse organizations, suggesting the ability to instantly revoke access, change passwords, and easily manage yourself uh, if you're in a potentially difficult situation, which is pretty cool. Um, home. Reimagined home app. Rebuilt from the ground up. Um, new categories for climate, light, security, and more. Uh, Multi-camera view. Uh, bigger, sort of more obvious icons. Uh, they also talked about matter compatibility. Um, for those using the matter standard, which frankly is not that much right now, but at least they're compatible. I, I forgot about this. I am excited about this. I think I've tried all of the smart home things at this point <clears throat> and home is the most reliable, but not hundred percent reliable in my experience. But the thing that sucks about the, the home app is actually still better than all the, like the Siri, there is no Siri app, right? Like you can't open up the Siri app and see like your, your security cameras, you want to open up the Ring app to do that. Right. I like that the Home app has everything and you can integrate everything with each other. It's just a little, a little ox socks. Um, I hope this also maybe includes some improvements to automation because I know, I 
think I picked an app in the past. I think it was called Eve Home. There are automations that you can do with the HomeKit API that the Home app doesn't actually support you writing those automations. Uh, so it would maybe, I hope there are automations improvements as well. Yeah. I always wanted to be able to do stuff in shortcuts based on like whether or not something was playing somewhere. Like, I feel like HomeKit should be able to tell me if there's something playing on the Apple TV, but it can't. And I think that's lame. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I agree with you. And I've noticed that for a lot of devices, it's not good at knowing the status of the device. Like, you can turn it on or off, but, like, does it quite know that it's on or off? Um, I, I've run into that issue with a lot of stuff. I'm the guy who still opens every individual smart app. I never, ever use the home app, mainly because a lot of the things I have are a little bit older and not really have good home kit compatibility. So that's part of it. Uh, I'm going to, but I will give this app a shot um, when it comes out, because I do think as someone who has a lot of different categories of smart home stuff, um, it was really good for lights and like kind of soft on the other stuff. And it sounds like they did a lot more for the climate stuff and security stuff and cameras and all this. So um, I'm curious uh, how much better it'll work. Worth a shot. I wonder if I'm going to have to update the whistle switch. He'll have to got to keep, is it iOS 16 compatible? We'll find out. Um, let's talk a little bit about CarPlay, which is up next. They didn't actually announce anything you can get now or frankly next year or even the year after that. This was a sneak peek of something far into the future, but it was the next generation of CarPlay, a fully integrative, immersive iPhone experience in your vehicle as cars have more and more screens. Uh, the iPhone wants to be the sort of epicenter of that, integrating not just with the um, entertainment side of your car, but also things like uh, climate control, the real-time telematics, uh, like your speed uh, or your fuel. Um, things like that, and being able to essentially take over all the screens of your car, no matter how many there are or how big or small they are, to create a unified experience all powered by your iPhone. Um, the other big piece of this was customizability, being able to have all kinds of different dials and colors and styles and designs and widgets and allowing you to really customize the interior of your car. Uh, they said vehicles that are compatible will be announced in late 2023 which means they're probably 2024 or 2025 models which means they so we're two three years away from this being on an actual vehicle you can buy although it was interesting that they said 97 percent of new vehicles sold today are carplay compatible this looks cool i i was i love it it's in it's very like I think the thing that is weirdest is being able to customize like your miles speedometer. That's what it's called. It's like <laughs> customize how your speedometer is displayed. That I don't think anyone really lets you do that. That is weird. I mean, in my car now, it'll like because I actually have a screen for the speed and all that, and it'll you change the colors a little bit and things like that. But they showed some really radical examples of of how they work. I'd be curious if the, um, uh, what federal government oversees cars, uh, the safety people. Yeah. NTSB. Is that what it is? 
The National Transportation Safety, Safety Board? Board? Maybe. I think so. Could be. That sounds right. That's right. So actually, here's uh, a question. So right now in used car play, it feels a lot more supplementary because it's just the... the he basically takes the screen in the middle and lets you control your phone with it and also display maps. So my experience Infotainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like there's there's like unlike in say the Tesla, for example, you're not going to like watch Netflix on your screen while you're parked. Like that is not what it's designed to do. It it feels much it feels very supplementary. Um but with this, if you plugged your phone in, it would just replace everything. So like You'd step into your car and it would look like a Nissan car or whatever, and then you'd plug it in and everything would change. That feels pretty weird. Yes, and that makes you wonder how the car manufacturers feel about it. I mean, they said they have yeah. partners and they're excited, but no company. It took them a long time to put let them put CarPlay in cars. I mean, I'm excited as a consumer. This sounds great. I want, I want to, you know, I want the new Apple Maps when they create, you know, like the 5D Apple Maps in five years. <laughs> I want to have that in the right between the steering wheel so I can see it. But uh, I can't imagine why Nissan would want you to do that. But hey, I, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I think some of the examples were absolutely killer. The thing that scares me the most is my car is powered by something that's not attached to the car. That's what that's what freaks me out is that because I have wireless CarPlay now in my car and it, I just sit in and it starts working. But I'm like, what happens if my phone battery dies while I'm driving or the connection gets disrupted or like, is it will it go fast enough? Like, I typically I, the, these things are completely disconnected from the actual car. Oh, I mean, I I should say I don't think my car is going to explode, but right, right, it won't it, stop. Like if you're will it suddenly restarted? be Nissan car again in the middle of me driving, you know, because yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. this is all real time stuff. So uh, my guess is there's extra technology that is a couple years away that makes this work that we're not aware of yet. Hmm. Yeah, I guess if but, the vehicle announcements are coming late next year, that's like, that's a while. <laughs> Some stuff yeah. is still in Well, the I mean, works. if you think, I would have to look, but um, I know the gap between when CarPlay was announced as a technology and then when it was actually like available in a car uh it was uh it was launched as carplay in 2014 and now in 2022 eight years later it's as covered on don't panic of course the beloved don't panic um it says here, uh, so if you think about it, it took that long to get on 97% of cars. So, I mean, you're, it'll be, never mind the high-end cars, it'll be eight years before we see it on a regular car. But right. it's at least cool to look at the future. Um, uh, that's kind of it. Um, unless there's anything else in iOS you guys can think of that we didn't talk about. I mean, there's obviously some shared features we'll talk about with iPadOS and watchOS and things like that. What were what were other cool features? Are you asking what other cool things we want to talk about with our? our no, list? we got to move. I'm, I'm damn. We're covering oh. everything. I wasn't joking. Oh, okay, sorry. Continue. Watch OS. Uh, and again, talking about it in exactly the order in which uh, it was talked about. Um, a bunch of stuff with Watch OS uh, and fitness in general, starting with new workout views, um, new views for things like activity rate, heart rate zones, which are new, power and elevation. Um, 
customizable workouts, which is brand new, being able to create your own workout from scratch. Um, there's a, you can race a route and repeat it. So if you tend to run the same route, it'll actually track your time every time and let you know how your pace is um, and how that's going. Um, they added things like stride length, ground contact time, and vertical oscillation to your workout views when you run. I'm assuming that's good. I wouldn't know. Uh, they're going to measure your running power, which apparently is in watts, enough to power a small light bulb, I guess. No, I just made that up. Um, multi-sport measurements for things like triathletes, uh, swimming enhancements, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they added uh, sleep stages, uh, which is new. Now you can look at your sleep in terms of REM, core, or deep sleep, uh, and you can better track your sleep over time as well. Uh, and then they added uh, medication tracking for watch OS. And of course, all the other OSs uh, you can log in your medications uh, track uh, whether or not you're taking them. It'll let you log them in as reminders. And it will also look for any drug conflicts. Um, also in watch OS, uh, some new watch faces, who cares? Um, some more complications, who cares? Uh, new background colors, who cares? Um, sorry, I literally wrote my notes. Just look it up. I didn't even write down what they said about watchOS, but that's just me. Um, yeah, that's really the the bulk of it. Some new notification looks, a bit of a tweak to the to the um, user interface a little bit. Docked um, apps running in the background are prioritized. Updated look for the calendar app. That's about it. Um, my cool. so I won't be getting watchOS because my watch is too old. But did you, the one I saw like randomly in here is they added a thing where I, th I, I think it's like an accessibility feature, but you can like do like a double pinch and your watch can recognize that and do stuff. What? Double pinch to start a workout or take a photo. It's quick action. Wow. The Krabby pinch. I want to try. That's cool. It. I'll have to get a new watch. I like that. Yeah, I was about to say they discontinued. Um, if you look at the compatible watches, no longer with the Series Three, they're not selling anymore. Nor is it no longer. It's uh, no longer compatible. So you will have to upgrade if you want some of these features. I think the sleep tracking stuff is pretty cool if it's uh, accurate. Um, getting a little more detail there. Um, I guess. The, oh, uh, and they also announced, I don't know when we're going to get to it, but uh, fitness, the fitness app is now on the iPhone. So your iPhone itself, using its various sensors, will track your motion when you walk and things like that without the need for an Apple Watch, which you couldn't previously do. And that is WatchOS 9. Uh, let's talk about the Max. Uh, M2 is here. Uh, and I literally wrote it's better in my notes. Um, I could definitely get into all of the various, uh, M2 details, uh, 1.4 times faster than M1, 15 times faster than Intel, up to 18 hours of battery life, blah, blah, blah. It's better. Unless better. you guys have any more thoughts on it than that. I, I don't need to really quantify it. If they say it's faster, I believe them. No, it's interesting that it's more expensive and they did not drop the price on the old MacBook Air. So, uh, they did drop the price on the old MacBook Air. I don't think so. They uh, dropped the high end model, 
but the entry level M1 MacBook Air always started at $999. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. Um, yeah, they, they didn't seem to do an incredible job. I think it's the other features of the computers that may sell a little bit more than M2. It didn't didn't seem super compelling to me um, in terms I mean, of just 50% the processors. faster than really freaking fast is pretty good. <laughs> uh, but my M1 has also never felt slow, but I'm also not doing 4K editing. I'm not the guy to ask. I do miss, I miss the, uh, the teardrop shape. I, I mean, I like the pro, you know, squared, rounded off square aesthetic, but I think from a form standpoint, I miss the teardrop shape. Yeah, let's talk about it. New MacBook Airs featuring the M2 chip. Uh, some features here. New colors. As you mentioned, uh, a new shape, a little boxier. Uh, but they added two new shapes. Uh, Midnight, which is a really dark blue, um, as well as a uh, Starlight, which is kind of a gold-silver, I would say. I'm not very good with colors, but you'll just have to take my word for it. Um it also now adds a MagSafe charger, uh, keeping the two Thunderbolt ports so you get all three, um, a notch uh, with a thinner bezel, um, a camera upgrade 1080p with uh, two times the performance, as well as the M2 chip. Uh, you know, Colby, last week, Danny, you were on the show, Colby and I were talking about the concept of a Mac lease program, which was one of the rumored things they might announce, where instead of buying a Mac, you just pay $30 every month and you get a Mac kind of like an iPhone, right, with a potential. And we talked like, well, how often would you even want to upgrade your laptop? I want this midnight computer, for God's <laughs> sake. It's so friggin' sexy. This thing is awesome. It's not black. It's dark blue. It looks so good. That is, I just want the new color. I don't, and with the M1 in it, I don't even care. I just love the blue. It looks so good. Yeah. My two cents. That's my my big takeaway. <laughs> It's a good-looking computer. I'm glad to see uh, that, you know, no more touch bar, which is always good. Um, otherwise, it seems like a nice computer. Yeah. Uh, we also got an update to the MacBook Pro, um, which now has the M2 chip and is literally the same in every other way, including the touch bar. So um, that is that. It's any thoughts on any bar. of that, gentlemen? Why does it still have a touch? That, oh, I missed that. That's amazing. Holy. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I don't if, like, if you wanted a bigger screen, I get it. But if you're, who, why would you buy the pro 13 inch and not just get the air? I know you get a, a, a bit of a better processor because you have the fan in there, but otherwise it's basically the exact same computer except thinner and better looking. Like I don't, I don't you get, get more ports. Um, that's true. You've got me there. But it's also thicker and heavier. Yep. Do you think they just have a bunch of touch bars in a warehouse somewhere and this computer <laughs> is just going to exist until they've they've exhausted? But more the... importantly, they have like a factory floor designed to produce 13 <laughs> inch MacBook Pros with touch bars. Right. Yes, they they did the math and they said we have to sell half a million more of these things to break even. So you know, to make the investment worth it. So just keep pushing them. Uh, I mean, how long did it take him to admit the, the butterfly keyboard never worked? So the, these things aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, 
how about Mac OS? Are we excited for Ventura is here um, with a bunch of new features uh, key to which I'm going to start with uh, is set. What order is this even in center stage stage manager? Sorry. I keep wanting to call it center stage um, feature. You loved Launchpad. You loved Mission Control. Now there's yet another way to organize your desktop and your apps. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Stage Manager, organizing your apps and windows in a single view on any Mac, basically focusing on a single uh, window or two and shoving them all off to the rest of the side, um, being able to group and organize them in that respect. You can easily switch between apps and create an ideal workspace uh, for specific tasks and projects, arranging, resizing, and overlapping them to see your ideal layout. Plus you can click the desktop at any time and it'll wipe them all the way to the side. I don't ever see myself using this, but maybe I will. I think one of the biggest things moving from Windows to Mac that I still don't like about Mac years later is window organization. I can't, when windows go away, they go to some magical, mystical, hidden place on my computer where they don't want me to find them, especially when I have multiple windows of the same app open. It drives me crazy. I actually am kind of excited for this uh, because it does more closely mimic that Windows feature where you can kind of roll your mouse over uh, the docked icon of the active app and it'll preview all the windows so you can see them, which I love. This really mimics that. So I actually think I'm going to get excited about uh, about this one in particular when it comes out. Yeah, I'm interested to try it. Like, I've tried to do things that, at least in my head, seem like this with, like, multiple desktops. And you can, like, pin different apps to desktops and stuff. But it never, like, quite worked the way I wanted it to. And, like, the desktop, like, the multiple desktop behavior is very confusing. Like, they change order sometimes in a way that I don't understand. Um so this, like, having them on the side seems like maybe it would be the thing. Like, maybe that's the thing that I want, that I've been wanting all this time. But I don't know. I'm, I'll am i definitely try it. Yeah, it's worth a shot. I think I am a very much a window minimalist. Like, if I don't, even if it means I have to relaunch the app later, I will close the window. I really am militant about it. But I do wonder how well this works for the person who has 20 or 30 windows open. Like, how many windows can you have before this layout becomes overwhelming? I am excited to try it out. Yes, sir. Um, let's see. We have additions to uh, Spotlight. Um, another macOS feature I forget exists. Uh, enhanced image search. You can find images and photos, messages, notes, the finder, and the web right from Spotlight, including searching within live text. There's also a new design for search results with rich results for things like contacts, albums, musicians, movies, TV shows, actors, sports, businesses, etc. And there's also spotlight quick actions. You can uh, just say create alarm or start a focus or find the name of a song or certain things just by searching for those uh, those keywords. Yeah, another nail in the coffin of all of these uh, quick launch apps. You got to keep Keep trying to stay ahead. Yep. I agree. There was one uh, spotlight feature I was actually excited about on iOS where uh, they announced that 
Um, now, in the new version of iOS, when you click, you know, like the little dots at the bottom of your home screen that show you as you scroll through them, you can now tap that and it brings up the search bar without having to swipe down, which I'm excited about. Because um, I do like, I do use search on iOS a lot. Um, mail, uh, added a few, uh, features similar to messages, undo send, scheduled send, uh, follow-up suggestions, um, improved search, all those sorts of things. I don't know. I, I don't know anyone who uses the built-in mail app. Do you guys use the mail app? No. Um, we have, uh, some Safari, uh, still the world's fastest browser. Pass keys. Uh, we talked actually on the show before about the FIDO standard and this idea that passwords are going to go away forever. Basically, they announced that Safari is going to be compatible with it, um, where you'll be able to uh, save your biometrics, essentially, for lack of for a simple way of explaining it, uh, within a given website, create an account without having to have a password right in Safari. And they say it should theoretically be compatible with other FIDO uh, compatible uh, companies. Browsers, sites, things like that. Um, Safari shared tabs group. When we get an uh, iPad, we're going to talk about even more collaboration features. We've talked about some of the stuff with SharePlay. You can now share tab groups, um, share tabs and bookmarks, send messages and start FaceTime right from within Safari. So for example, I could have a group of tabs up. I hit share. I say share it with Dan and Colby. Not only is it going to share with them in real time, uh, but it'll actually little show their little face in my Safari if they're actually looking at it in real time. I We're going to try this for the show rundown. I'm going to create a Safari tab group. I think it'll be fun for us to try um, when this <laughs> comes out. But um, the ability to uh, work in Safari in real time, you know, if, if one, somebody adds a tab, it'll show up for everyone else. Just adding some of those collaboration wow. features. I did not see this part before the show. It's such a good idea. Oh, the Safari stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, and then uh, a bunch of the other stuff we've already talked about. Um, gaming, Metal 3, okay. FaceTime handoff is kind of cool, which, I, frankly, I thought you could already do this, so I guess I learned you couldn't, where if you're on a FaceTime call on your phone, you take it near your Mac, you can hand it over. You actually hand it off between any uh, Mac devices, which is pretty cool. Um and the last big one is continuity camera. This is kind of a wacky one. Using your iPhone as your webcam. It's all automatic. All you got to do is bring your iPhone close to your Mac, and it switches to the iPhone as the camera input. It's wireless. Uh, you just simply awkwardly strap your iPhone to the top of your computer. Uh, it'll use center stage, so it'll track you as you go around. Um, and it'll use the ultra-wide camera to show your desktop. This This was, I think, the wacky demo of the day where it'll actually show both you with one of the lenses on your phone and look down at your desk using one of the other lenses, which is, uh, which is pretty darn wild. I'm surprised they didn't like remove the webcam from the MacBook air entirely and say, uh, <laughs> no, notch. this is how we got rid of the notch. We made your phone, the camera. I like that idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's I will definitely try this once and then never do it again. But I do I, I, I it's interesting. I'll give them that. But this is the kind of thing where it's like I would want a spare iPhone. Like I wouldn't want to strap mine to the computer. I'd want to, you know, use it. But I guess for certain people, it's a good idea. 
that's, that's what I got for that. Um, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get to iPad OS. Yeah, I think that's the bulk of the Mac OS stuff. Um, unless you guys know of anything else, any other thoughts on that? Uh, I think there's going to be a clock app on Mac now. Is that true? What? I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. And you're telling me that didn't make the announcement? I I think it might not have. Clock app. Clock app. Oh, my God. Listen to this right up. The clock app you know and love from iPhone and iPad is now on Mac. See the local time in different time zones around the world. Or set an alarm that plays a ringtone at a specific time. Ask Siri, what time is it in London? Or wake me up tomorrow at 7 a.m. So many times I've wanted to set a timer. <laughs> for like 60 seconds it's one of those things where you're like wait it couldn't do that already <laughs> yeah huh next you're gonna tell me they uh, put a calculator app on the ipad but honestly if you came to me and you're like sean you know there's no calculator app on your mac right i'd be like i'd kind of half believe you or i'm like maybe <laughs> i don't think i've ever looked all those dumb things um so that is Ventura. Uh, let's move on to iPad OS. Um, we've got another of features. Uh, probably the most exciting one. Uh, the weather app is coming. Another. I can't believe it wasn't there already. The weather app is coming to iPad. So you can get all of your great weather on the iPad. Nothing more to say there. Um, a whole bunch of the other things we already talked about. Uh, but I do specifically want to get to uh, Stage Manager. We talked about it for Mac OS. It's also coming to your iPad, which means for the first time ever, multi-window app usage on your iPad. It's kind of wild, um, where in the same way as on your Mac, you'll be able to resize windows. You'll be able to group them together, flip them on and off the screen. And what it essentially enables uh, for the first time ever is true external display support. Um, so you can connect it. Resolution's up to 6K. It means viewing multiple apps on both the iPad and the external display. You can drag and drop files and apps between the screen. Um, guys, they essentially turned the iPad into a Mac. Kind of. They did it. It's annoying, and it bugged me because I was watching this, and I'm like, wait. So especially when they had the monitor, I'm like, so there's a dock, <laughs> and there's apps on the side in your stage manager. And you can drag and drop between the apps and rearrange. I'm like, this is just Mac. They just made Mac. I love how teeny tiny the time is <laughs> on the top of that screen. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised there's not a notch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this really. And then when they were like using the, the trackpad on their magic keyboard to like move stuff between apps, I'm like, you're just doing the Mac thing. <laughs> It was pretty bad. I, I, I continue to not understand the difference between a Mac and an iPad these days. Um, yeah, the, the difference is increasingly you just can't you can't run your own programs on a Mac or on, a, on an iPad. Well, and I do think the because eventually they're like, oh, all the iPad apps will run on Mac. I don't think we're there yet. So I do think there's a bit of a gap. Yeah, where there's the real some question apps is, are... when are they going to make all the Mac apps run on the iPad? There you go. I agree. And, th and then all they have to do is say, we're coming out a MacBook Air with a touchscreen, and, and now there's just no it's, lines yeah, between there's anything. There's literally no reason why they couldn't. It's all the same the same architecture and all that stuff. If, you're, if your app works on, you know, an M1 Mac, it should work on an iPad, I think. You know, I'm sure there's lots of, you know, APIs and libraries and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but 
the hard part is done. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it, but I think, listen, this would make me more likely to use an iPad, I'll be honest. So um, I think I think that's cool. It looked cool in the demo, at least. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got some display modes, uh, including reference mode, uh, which is just better for color accuracy between different screens. Display scaling. You can actually scale the resolution on the display, which I guess you couldn't do before. Um there is There's a weather uh, app on the iPad, Sean. How could you skip past that? That was the first thing I said, Dan. Oh, sorry. It, I jokingly said that as the first thing. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. I won't judge you too hard. Um, I was excited for that. I, again, another I couldn't believe it wasn't there. Uh, what they're calling desktop class apps, which is funny because then that makes it a desktop, Apple, um, where they went and just did a bunch of enhancements throughout, like customizable toolbars. They updated the files app a bunch, a bunch of boring stuff nobody cares about. Um, Freeform. They actually previewed a new app coming later this year. When was the last time they did a whole new app? Um, it's basically a whiteboard app. Let's be honest. Uh, sketch and jot down notes with Apple Pencil. Share files. Insert web links, documents, audio, video, and collaborate in real time. Uh, start working instantly uh, as they change it. Uh, you'll see it in real time. It's got FaceTime integrated into it, so you can be chatting while you edit it. Again, another Dan, like you said, putting uh, a lot of other apps out of business. Uh, we talked about Spotlight. This will this will certainly uh, do the same. Yep, this is cool. I yeah, there's lots of opportunities or occasions recently where we've needed to whiteboard with people remotely, and Apple has a really good pencil, uh, but no way to just out of the box collaborate with someone. So this is great. Yes. I agree. It's pretty exciting. Uh, and then the last thing to talk about is just collaboration overall. I mean, we've talked about it a lot throughout all of today, whether it's Safari tab groups, whether it's uh, share play, whether it's free form, whether it's all of these different things. But a big one we didn't talk about was the productivity apps, notes, keynote, pages, numbers. Um, I think one of those is not right, but they all sound similar. Uh, you can now real-time edit them with people you invite using either messages groups or individually. Um, they'll be able to go in, edit the document. You'll be able to watch them edit it in real time. Uh, there was a great demonstration with Mr. Federici uh, as he went through and they jumped between browsing Safari tab groups in real time to copying some of that information and putting it into a keynote presentation in real time. Very similar to what Microsoft is doing with Office 365, Google does with Google Docs. It's just now within the Apple ecosystem, uh, integrating with your contacts uh, that are already there. It's, a, it, it's absolutely fascinating to me. I, I don't think the collaboration features of Apple products has ever been better. I think it's this is really fantastic stuff that absolutely requires everyone you know to be aggressive Apple users. That's what's wild about it. It's like all this stuff is cool, but like, do people still use pages? You don't. Numbers? I don't. I don't. Not a big numbers. You I, I, I don't. <laughs> you know, I, it, and this is even Safari is going like, do a lot of people use Safari? I don't even know. Um, you know, my mom is not a techie person and she uses Chrome on her 
phone and iPad. So uh, I think it is one of those things where you really got to, if you're bought into the ecosystem, all this stuff is really awesome. But I'm kind of wondering, I, I, and I didn't, so one thing I didn't write down was the 1 million times they said, oh, there's an API for that. So I don't remember if there was one for this or not. Now, if Microsoft Office apps could integrate with messages and my my the the iPhone friends or whatever, if you will, okay, then I'm you know you can copy out of your shared Safari tabs into PowerPoint. Okay, then I kind of get excited. But just for all this to live with an Apple, like I, I just don't know who actually lives this life. Yeah, I use Pages sometimes when I'm writing an actual thing. But that and oh, but Keynote, Keynote is the thing I actually use. Keynote is way better than PowerPoint. It is so much better than Google Slides. Oh my God, Google Slides is like making a slideshow with Legos. It's like how are <laughs> how are these shocking. multi-million dollar companies going around making their like investor board decks in Google Slides? <laughs> it's embarrassing. It, it is shocking. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, have we reached the end of the WWDC? Uh... Believe it or not, somehow in a little over an hour, we did. It was a lot. We blasted through it at full speed, but we did it. Did you know I how? have one um, bonus round. Oh, all right. Oh, it's just real quick. My favorite. I always love that there's so much stuff at WWDC that Apple can't fit it all in. My favorite thing that they didn't make it into the presentation was security updates on macOS no longer require a restart. Yes, their uh, rapid update program. That's amazing. So cool. Yes, they're, they're, it won't be for all updates, but for ultra-critical updates, uh, they're going to be in smaller packages that can install you right without a reboot. I think uh, a big deal. Same with um, iOS and iPadOS. Oh, great. That'd be nice. Can I tell you my favorite non-announced feature? Go for it. Face ID will work in landscape mode. Oh, great. Which which doesn't seem like a lot, but I and I don't know if I'll ever like totally stare at it, but even just doing it on a little bit of an angle or anything like that where it's like, yeah, that's going to be really handy. Cool. Where's the clock at? By the way, it, this this is a very embarrassing story, but I don't know if you guys have used this cuz they introduced with Face ID the mask thing where mm-hmm. it'll unlock even if you're wearing a mask, but it says like look down to unlock. Do you know how long, and maybe I'm the only other people did this or I'm an idiot. Do you know how long I did this where I looked at the phone and say, look down and I would take my eyes and go up and down with it, not realizing they meant my entire head and it would never work. And I'd be like, going like this with my eyes, like an idiot going up and down and up and down. It'd be like, oh no, you just got to tilt your head. You just look, it said, look down to unlock. And I'm like, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and no, you're supposed to do the whole, I, I felt it took weeks of that for me to figure it out. It's pretty stupid. My phone has never done that to me. I feel like it must be because I don't have the setting on or something. Yeah, you you had to activate it. Not by default. Um, Well, why don't we, um, unless you guys have any other thoughts on today's announcement, why don't we wrap up with each of us kind of sharing the thing where where maybe we took away the most, we're most excited about. Um, Obviously, like all of this, the laptops are available uh, next month and all the software is available to beta soon and in the fall uh, available for full release and any, any one or two things that stuck with each of you uh, throughout the event, Colby, if, if anything, your takeaways. 
I don't think I don't know if there was one thing that I'm super excited about. There were just a bunch of little things that I thought would be cool. Which is nice because mostly usually the little things don't seem interesting to me at all. I kind of want to try my phone as the webcam. I'm pretty excited about that. It's their answer to their uh, uh, if crappy, those crappy displays. Or crappy They, they talked about those Belkin, Belkin and, and Belkin will make anything Apple asks them to. They're, Belkin's going to make little like plastic things for you to hook. If it's at a reasonable price, I will absolutely get one. And I, I am with you. I think that's going to be a fun one. Mike, I'm curious. Like right now I have my uh, MacBook uh, connected to the uh, an external display. Can I mount it on top of the external display? which I'm assuming you can, because right now that's what I'm using. My webcam's attached to it. That's nice, because I don't want to attach it to the thing that already has a camera. If you can do that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Cool. Good choice. What about you, Dan? Uh, personally, I'm most excited about the new lock screen. I think that'll just look really cool. I look at the lock screen all the time. Uh, I'm also really excited about Mac OS to better performance for virtualized Linux applications. <laughs> Yay! Better, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Better Docker performance for all the developers out there. <laughs> I'm happy you're happy. How about you? Um, yeah, a couple for me. The, the, the Midnight Mac. I, I'm not going to buy one, but I, 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 I want colors in my Mac, so I'm excited for that. But in things I actually am going to use and care about, um, I do think the messages stuff messages keeps getting better. The editing and the undo send and all the little stuff. I'm excited for that. Um, uh, I will say the wallet, the Apple pay, like order tracking stuff. I'm kind of excited for that. Just personally, as somebody who doesn't track that stuff, well, if it actually works, that'll be great. Um, stage manager. I'm very curious about, I think it could be a nice addition to kind of supplement. Like I mentioned, some of the stuff I missed from windows. Um, and I, I, I maybe I'll make it a, a New Year's resolution when these actually launch in the fall. I don't. So I now that I'm a Mac user and I have the iPhone and I use a Mac at work, I don't use a lot of the continuity stuff and a lot of the handoff stuff. I just don't think of it. And so I do want to try now that they're adding more and more and more of these features like the camera continuity and some of this other stuff. I, I want to try to use it more and, and see if it's actually whether it's a gimmick or it's actually something that's cool and helpful. Uh, maybe I can convince my company to buy me an iPad. Um, I don't know. But uh, I, I honestly, I, I will say I'm usually pretty sour on WWDCs because it's a lot of like, oh, who cares? And that's crap. I think there was a lot of good practical. This was probably one of my top WWDCs out of the last couple. Nice. Even that like medication tracking, like some of this stuff that even I won't use. I'm like, that's really like a good idea. You might use it someday. Yes, exactly. When we're doing don't uh, don't panic from the retirement home, we'll be using medication tracking on our iPhone. You know, we're talking about iOS seventy eight. Right. Um, the kids will be, be wired time. into their uh, all twenty four hours a day VR, and the three of us will still be like looking at our iPhones, like my day. <laughs> yep. And yet they still will not have released the Apple Car. So <laughs> jokes on them. Um, like that thing will ever show up. Awesome. Well, this was great, guys. Always a pleasure going through this. A lot of exciting stuff. Are you got now? The the real question is: Are you guys bold enough for the betas? 
Well, good answer. <laughs> no. So like, no. I did. Uh, I feel like it was the. Yeah, I'll the be curious Iowa. if any of these. Uh, yeah. I feel like the iOS 7 beta was the last one I installed, and it was not a good experience. Yeah, I have to wonder how much of this collaboration stuff doesn't actually launch with the public beta. Like, for the last couple of public betas they've done where it's like most of the features are there, but the really cool ones aren't ready yet. I'm curious what is actually ready. Um, Because if it's just like you can try the weather app on your iPad, it's like, I know how that works. Uh, Hey, I got to run. Oh, my God, Dan. I have to go grocery shopping. Just shutting it down, guys. Listen, yeah. I'm going to do this quick. Don't panic. It's our website. Everything you need to know is there. Subscribe to the show. Thanks for being here. We're going to be back next week with tech news, but I won't let Dan D leave until I thank him and I thank Colby and I thank all of you for being here. We'll see you next time on another great episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.